Welcome to the Calvary St. George's Sermon Podcast, proclaiming the historic faith of Christ and Him crucified. These podcasts are recorded and produced by the Parish of Calvary St. George's in the city of New York. For more information, head to calvarystgeorges.org. In our reading for today, we focus on one of the readings that we focus on every Lent one, and that is taking a look at Jesus in the wilderness. Now, if you were paying attention a couple weeks ago, you realized that the first paragraph of our lesson we read just like four weeks ago. So what the heck? Why are we reading the same thing twice? So I, and like that's, that's focusing on Jesus' baptism, but I'm going to focus mainly on that very short second paragraph. Now, in all three of the synoptic gospels, which are Matthew, Mark, and Luke, there, are, there is presented to us Jesus in the wilderness contending with Satan. And while the other texts go into much more detail about the temptations and what they were like, this text is very sparse. It says barely anything at all. And if you want to unpack that, then go to a devotion group that starts up this week and you can find more. Shameless plug. But really what's happening in the wilderness in all three accounts is that Jesus, the Lord, is contending with the Lord of the powers of sin and death. Now, when you and I think of the drama of salvation, the story of salvation, we oftentimes think of two actors on the stage. We think of God, and we think of humanity. Humanity needs saving, God saves. But believe it or not, the gospel writers won't have it that way. In their presentation of the story, there are three actors on the stage. There's God, there's humanity, and then there's the powers of sin and death. And in this wilderness episode, we see an instance of the contention between the Lord Jesus Christ and the Lord of sin and death. And Jesus is contending with them because you and I are enslaved by them. Now, oftentimes we talk about being enslaved through our unconscious impulses, our addictions, our sins, and that's all true. But the Gospels also present it as, on a corporate stage, that you and I and society and institutions are enslaved. They've been co-opted by the powers of sin and death. And we who are enslaved need to be delivered. We need to be liberated. Just like the Israelites in Egypt who had no power to deliver themselves, we too need deliverance from the powers of sin and death. So our Lord is contending with them because he's liberating us. Now, we, in our place of captivity, had no power to liberate ourselves. Now, we in this church and in churches know that very well with our individual sins, again, our addictions. We know that we need a rescuer from the outside. But also, on a cosmic level, a corporate level, we need a rescuer, someone who can contend with the strong man and win. And Jesus is our Lord. Jesus is the warrior who could do this. And this brings me now to the horrific events of this past week. 
Again, we rightly so focus on how we need liberation from our own personal sins and offenses and addictions, but we also need liberation on a corporate level. We have seen in this week what the New Testament writers call the powers and principalities of darkness. Now, in Revelation and in the New Testament, it refers to the Roman Empire as the great power and principality. Now, the Roman Empire was founded, it was originally a good thing. I'm an ancient history buff, like I'm, I'm not knocking on the Roman Empire. But here we see that good things can be co-opted and serve oppression, serve that which it wasn't re- originally meant for. And we too today see institutions, institutions that were founded for good reasons and for good purposes, governments, corporations, interest groups. And we see, even today, that they can be co-opted by the powers of sin and death to be oppressors, to do what they weren't originally meant to do. Again, things that started out as good things but are seized by these powers. Now, I've talked to a lot of you since... Wednesday, and I know that a lot of you are in cynicism or despair or tempted to cynicism and despair, and I, I have trouble blaming you. It seems like it all has played out just exactly like the Boston Globe said it would play out. We know exactly what's going to happen, and nothing will change. And if you here today are tempted to cynicism and despair, I honestly can't blame you. It looks like nothing is going to happen. But my friends, we can't submit to despair. We can't fall into cynicism. For we serve the living God who makes a way out of no way, who has defeated the powers of sin and death and all that they've seized. We see this in the wilderness, In this short little episode where Christ wins, we see this in the exorcisms when the demons are driven out. And most importantly, we see this at the cross of Christ where the foundations of sin and death are done away with forever. Christ is victor. This is what the early church meant by Christus victor. This is what Martin Luther meant when he talked about Christus Victor, that our Lord has won, that there's really no question anymore. It's not a battle between two equals. The strong man, as the scriptures call the powers of sin and death, has been defeated once and for all, and you can lean your whole weight into that. That is what faith is. But as we see Today, around us, we see that just because the powers of sin and death have been defeated, their foundation has been cut out from underneath them, they have not been destroyed. We see this in the wilderness. Jesus contends and defeats the Lord of sin and death, but that Lord of sin and death has not been completely driven out. In the exorcisms, the demons are driven out, but... They are not destroyed. Even in the cross of Christ, that ultimate victory 
that has sealed the deal forever, once and for all, as our text says, we see that in the rest of the New Testament, these powers of sin and death on their deathbeds wreak their havoc. D-Day has happened. The war has been won. The foundations of the powers of sin and death has been cut out from underneath them. And yet, from their deathbeds, they do their worst. They continue to seize and co-opt institutions, corporations, governments, interest groups. The battle is won, but the ultimate victory is being decided now and is to come. Now, this has a lot of meaning for us in our day-to-day lives. A lot of times, Christus victor, this notion Christ has won, has been used in weird ways. It's been used to essentially say that the Christian life is all about winning. It's all about victory. Maybe you've seen those people on TV who usually ask for your money right after they say this, but essentially, if you're suffering or things in life aren't going perfectly according to plan, it just means you don't have enough faith because Christ has won. That's not how the New Testament envisions it at all. Christ has won and indeed is winning and will ultimately destroy the powers of sin and death once and for all. But right now, in the time between times, the Christian life isn't characterized by winning. It's characterized by a cross, a cross-shaped life. So my friends, when we're tempted to despair and when things aren't working out for us, this does not mean that Christ does not love you or me. It does not mean that Christ has not won. We see this in the book of Revelation. The Lord of the powers of sin and death appears once again and is fighting to the very end. But you and I, my friends, we have our victory through Christ. And we have hope. And we know that our resistance, however insignificant, however imperfect, however many mixed motives there might be in that, are not in vain. For in our resistance, we are anticipating resurrection. We are anticipating the day when the powers of sin and death will be done away with forever. Again, our resistance is not in vain. And we have hope. We have hope against hope. Because Christ has risen from the dead. And he is the victor over the powers of sin and death. And as we said in that great litany, he was and is trampling Satan under his feet. And that's where our hope lies. And thanks be to God that this is his work and not our own. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you for listening to our sermon podcast produced and recorded at the Parish of Calvary St. George's in the city of New York. If you feel led to support the continuing ministry of the parish, you can make an online donation at calvarystgeorges.org slash giving. Thank you.